God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go race. Welcome to the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing. I'm Tyler Burnett. Uh, on the other side of me, I'm pointing. Am I pointing the right way? Yeah, I am. Dylan Welch uh, is here on the Loud Pedal Podcast, and we are in our humble abodes. Well, I'm at my parents' house. You are at your house in Charlotte, North Carolina, and we are doing a new streamed version of the Loud Pedal Podcast. And if you're listening or if you're watching, um, you will see that we are um, comfortable. And we get to do uh, you know whatever we want. We can roll right out right out of bed. We're right here and do our show. Yeah, hopefully it's it's two o'clock in the East Coast. So hopefully you didn't just roll out of bed. But um, I have been up for several hours. So I moved up north uh, for right now. I'm coming back to Charlotte this over the weekend. Uh, maybe I should go to that Carolina showdown that they're having the midget race at Millbridge uh, when I get down there. But I got to go pack up the house. Heading back up to Michigan. I'm in Ohio now. Uh, Haley Shanley and I will be going to some shops in Indianapolis tomorrow. Um, and you will be able to enjoy that. It's going to be a good time. We're going to go to KKM, Clawson Marshall Racing, and of course, Brady Bacon. Uh, those three shops will be running at the Chili Bowl Midget Nationals coming up on Flow Racing uh, in January. So will Dylan Welch, and so will his teammate, Chris Windham, who is on the show today. Uh, USAC Triple Crown winner, D. Welch. We will be in. Um, the company of royalty today. We will. Yeah. We're, uh, we're going to have a three-time Chili Bowl champ and a, uh, a USAC Triple Crown champ in our pits between him and, and Seabell. So be, uh, be highfalutin down there. Three-time Chili Bowl champ uh, with uh, Christopher Bell, who won three in a row. Of course, he's racing for Joe Gibbs Racing. I saw that he was uh, teaming up with Adam Stevens. Adam Stevens is the crew chief of his car, you know, former championship crew chief with Kyle Busch. He's been kind of making his rounds and then learning Adam Stevens. So it's going to be fun to see what Bell can do in the Cup Series next year. But I am more excited to see if he will beat Larson this year in the Chili Bowl. That's going to be a big story. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, obviously Kyle's – Kyle's run as many dirt races this year, you know, in 2020 as he, uh, as he probably has since he went to NASCAR, since he started racing stock cars. So, um, he's going to be, he's going to be super fresh and, and obviously, you know, he's won 45 times, so he's on his, on his game. So, uh, it's going to be, going to be tough. I mean, it's tough for everybody, obviously in that building and, you know, tough to beat him in a normal year, let alone a year where he's, uh, having the year like he's had in 2020. Chet Christner caught up with Kyle Larson at the Arizona Classic this you know this past week where he won his 44th and 45th uh, wins of the year. Just an impressive season for Kyle Larson, 45 total wins on the year. He will not be doing that next year at NASCAR. I can 100% guarantee you that he will not win 45 races next year. Guarantee 45 NASCAR races or 45 dirt races? 45 total wins he will not get it because – there's 36 cup races, right? Am I, am I, I mean, I've been, I've been out of NASCAR here for what, a couple weeks. Uh, how many cup races are there? Not 45. And he is not going 32 to win a quarter. Or 36. He's not going to win a quarter of the cup races, uh, for the season. So I believe I could, I believe I could say, uh, 45 is a number that not many are going to achieve probably again in our lifetime. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, and that's that's not a an inaccurate you know opinion or claim. I mean, it's uh, and it's no secret, obviously, to you know anybody that's watching this show. But what we've seen this year from him has been uh, has been once in a generation type stuff. You know, it's uh, you know very very rarely anymore do you have a guy that just goes on a tear like he has. And and the thing, obviously, that makes it even more amazing is that he's done it not just in sprint cars. You know, he's won in sprint cars. He's won in midgets. He's won in late models. He's you know everything he's gotten in he's won in so um it's been amazing to watch you know amazing to uh you know you and i have been lucky to have you know some opportunities to do uh you know to kind of be behind the scenes with him and, and get to experience some of those you know those more intimate moments and stuff and it's uh 
it's been amazing to to witness what he's done this year. I'd get in trouble to not mention, go watch the greatest dirt track season ever by Kyle Larson. It's a flow racing film. Uh, one of the best pieces that uh, Jeremy has done here at flow racing. Um, let's get into some of the news that we've seen so far. Walkopedia, uh, Brian Walker has been dropping bombs on the internet um, with, you know, breaking news of who's going where in the chili bowl. He even has a chart, which uh, is, is helpful for us who have to talk about it, uh, you know, on a, on a, a weekly basis. Um, I did, however, see that you, uh, well, he, he quote tweeted you saying, you know, you're going to be back with CB industries. Thank you so much for not breaking that on our show and breaking it on his Twitter feed. I appreciate that. Well, we had Chad on a couple of weeks ago and he's the one that said I was going to come back and run for him. So it's already been out there. If people would just pay attention and watch our show or listen to our show, they'd have already known that. I know. And Kevin Swindell, we caught up with him at Millbridge. He uh, uh, broke the news as well that Logan Seavey will be joining uh, with Kevin Swindell and Sammy Swindell in that lineup. So uh, Sammy Swindell and Logan Seavey will be running for uh, the Speed Lab. Um, so we had some big stories break. Um, it looked like, well, we had the Matt Wood lineup already, but the RMS Rams racing swap, if you will, uh, which is really confusing because there's some people here at Flow Racing that know nothing about racing, but all of a sudden we have to talk about Rams and RMS, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, just a one-letter difference in the teams. Um, but Timez, you know, is going to come back with RMS. He had a good year. He won two USAC National Midget races with um, them and had a good year in the, in the Chili Bowl last year. Brad Sweet was with the team, but then they added – uh, Justin Grant, who is phenomenal, one of the favorites heading into Tulsa every single year. Uh, RMS added Justin Grant and David Gravel and Spencer Baston. So a super team with RMS, uh, a good team uh, heading to the Chili Bowl, and I think, uh, you know, could contend, at least for some top fives. Yeah, I mean, that's that lineup is, you know, that's a lineup that, you know, should have every guy in their prelim night feature well inside the top ten. You know, I mean, and, and you know, realistically could compete you know, for a, a victory on Saturday. So, um, you know, Grant obviously has won, uh, you know, won a prelim night last year. Team is, is, you know, super good in that building, in that race car. Um, Brad Sweet, you know, two-time and defending outlaw champion. You can't count him out. And uh, and Baston and, and Gravel, you know, obviously their resumes speak for themselves. So, I mean, it's five guys that um, – you know, legitimately are th going to be threats every single night. So um, it's uh, that's a that's about as solid a lineup as you can get. Clinton Boyle's left RMS Racing. He's now with Rams Racing. Um, Justin Grant is actually still going to prepare the cars for Ram Racing. He's he's done that the past couple of years um, for for those guys over there. So uh, congratulations to Grant on getting a full time USAC National Midget ride and also a ride for the Chili Bowl, which is a very good ride with teammates. Uh, Thomas Meserol, Tucker Klossmeyer is coming back to Keith Coons Motorsports. Um, they've they've still yet to confirm all of their lineup. They've been doing that the past ten, or they're going to do it. You know, for the next seven or eight more days, they've announced uh, that Klossmeyer and both Kaylee Bryson will be returning. Uh, I expect to see Rico, of course, Buddy Kofoy, Cannon McIntosh. Dazen Persley and Brian Carver and Tanner Carrick, who just ran a race with them out West as well. I'm not sure who the other one is. They have 10 drivers, Dylan, uh, for the Keith Coon stable. So uh, 10 drivers, you better at least put a couple uh, into the show. I would say. I was thinking Tom Harris maybe is going to be the other one um, because he ran for him last year, I think. Um, and Parker Price Miller is running for Rams racing too. I don't know if you saw that yesterday, but they announced that too. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's crazy. Like, more and you know it, it's almost overwhelming when you look at it like on paper it's like there's so many teams now that just have so many good guys that are becoming like you know super teams just for that week you know you've got you know it used to be like the Clausens and the the coons of the world you know and you'd have you know five six seven other guys kind of spread out through different teams but now it's like everybody's kind of getting on board with the well, let's bring the five best guys we can get and put them in our cars and have one each night. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's, it's, I think it's going to be ultra competitive as always. And, and maybe even more so this year, you know, make it, make it even tougher. Cause you've got, um, you know, you've got a lot of guys who have not had bad rides in the past, but have rides this year that are, 
better than the, what they've had in the past. So it's going to make them that much tougher. I didn't know if Harris was going to be able to get out of his country. Uh, he's from New Zealand. So with COVID, I didn't know if that was going to work because Michael Pickens will not be in the building this year. That's one of the big news uh, deals happening. Donnie Schatz is not going to be in there either because he's going to the uh, Wild Wing shootout, which will be on flow too. Don't forget, not only do we have the Chili Bowl that week, we have the Wild Wing shootout, and then we have the Wild West shootout. I mean, we have so many races on Flow that you can watch, and you can have them up on two different screens if you want on two different browsers. Um, but Bondio is not going to be there, too. That was one of the big stories. But Alex Bright has teamed up with Jerome Rodella and Tanner Thorson. That is going to be a good team. Uh, Bright, who is fantastic in that building, and a really, really good midget racer, along with Tanner Thorson, who just seems to have something figured out right now has been one of the fastest USAC national midget cars and nearly snuck up and won the championship in the final night. Yeah. That's another team too, that, uh, you know, bright won a, a prelim night, uh, 2016, I think. And, and like you said, I mean, Tanner, everything he gets in, everything he touches turns to gold right now. So yeah, I mean, it's, and you know, it's another, another guy, Alex bright, you know, who, you know, not that the Bondio cars were, are not good, obviously that, you know, they're, they're great cars in that building, but, um, maybe even a step up now getting in Jerome Rodella's car. Um, so he's going to be even tougher than normal. So it's, uh, we're going to, I mean, we're gonna have our work cut out for us, you know I mean? And I'm speaking for everybody, not just, you know, like our team at, you know, Chad Bud Industries, but like, uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough this year. I mean, there's a lot of guys who are in some really, really good cars this year. Chad Boat Industries, uh, we know we have confirmed that Dylan Welch will be driving for Chad Boat Industries. So um, we, we didn't get to break that news, though. Walkopedia uh, was all over that. Um, we're expected to see Aaron Reitzel and Gio Selzy. Now, um, Dylan won't confirm this for me because that's not his job. Uh, and we and we are confirming that Christopher, Christopher Wyndham and Christopher Bell will be there, and along with Andrew Laser, uh, most likely. So... We'll see what happens uh, with the boat industry cars. They're going to face off against a team like Matt Wood Racing, who has Ryan Burnell, Colby Copeland, Shane Golubic, Casey Kane, Mitchell Moles, Kevin Thomas Jr., and Zeb Wise. There are some big teams rolling into the building that uh, have some super teams, if you will. Yeah, it's uh, and that's that's what I mean. I mean, it's it's becoming more and more common, you know. And I don't I don't know, you know, why exactly that is, but um, you know the Matt Wood cars obviously are, are always really, really good there. And, um, you know, you get a guy like Zeb, you know, Zeb obviously last year was running for Keith and just kind of had some bad luck on his prelim night that buried him. But, um, again, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's as deep, uh, as deep as ever. And, and, you know, guys that, you know, normally maybe sometimes get hindered by their cars performance are in cars this year that, uh, they probably won't have any excuses. So it's going to be a lot, it's going to be fun to watch, you know, it's, it's, uh, as much as it sucks that we're not going to be able to have full capacity there, um, you know, it's obviously great that we're going to have a, a great option to, to watch at home and, and watch all of this kind of unfold, uh, you know, every night. So going to be uh, going to be a lot of fun. And it's uh, it's great. You know, it's great that Flo's got this much, you know, racing going on. You know, we only got a couple more weeks, really. And then it's like you got the shootout and then you've got everything else that, you know, you kind of listed off there. So it's, uh, it's a good time to be a race fan. Snowmobiles, arena cross, tons of stuff on Flo. Um, going through some of these one-offs, Blake Anderson and Dylan Welch hinted at a big star running the Chili Bowl for the first time on dirt, and that was Chase Elliott announced that he will race with Chase Briscoe. Um, I was close. I guess, what, Kyle Busch and Jimmy Johnson? I was right there. I mean, yeah, uh, cup champions, if you will. There was uh, – and I'm not going to spill the beans on who it was, but there was a, a – a, I think pretty good possibility that Jimmy Johnson might have run the Chili Bowl in 2021, but uh, it got shut down. Um, but the Chase Elliott thing, yeah, is going to be going to be really exciting. He's uh, he raced the micro for Chase for Briscoe uh, last week or two weeks ago, and then is running, you know, obviously the midget race at Millbridge too, and um, has tested a tested one of Chase's midgets um, a couple of years ago. It's kind of on the DL, but. Um, he's running now, so I guess it doesn't really matter, but, um, so he does have some laps in the midget. Um, but obviously going to be, uh, you know, and I'm sure he's pretty realistic about, you know, his expectations, but I think that's going to be, um, uh, it's gonna be cool to see, you know, it's cool that he, that he wants to do it, you know, first of all, that, um, you know, of all the things that he could do as a cup champion, you know, that he wants to run the chili bowl. So, uh, be great exposure for the event, obviously. Um, you know, I don't know. 
I don't know when, if ever, they've had the defending cup champion, you know, in the building running that race. Um, so that's going to obviously be a, you know, super, super cool thing for uh, just the Chili Bowl in general and, and bring a lot of eyes to it. Mm-hmm. I wonder uh, if Tony Stewart did it. Um, so Briscoe and Elliott, two Cup Series stars teaming up. They'll race together. Um, Elliott, it's going to be fun to see what he does on the dirt. Uh, we've seen guys like Santino Ferrucci and Connor Daly and others try to go in there and, and you know make the dirt thing work. And um, I think you have to put, like you said, I think Chase is going to put realistic expectations on it. And I think if you wake up, uh, I don't know, 10 a.m. or so, you know, somewhere around in there, like it's probably a good week, right? You know, like the H or the G, like you can't have more expectation than that for the first time being in a dirt car, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably realistic. And uh, you're right, by the way, Tony, when he won the championship in 2011, he ran in 2012, and I'm sure he did his other championships too. So you're right about that. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and for Chase, like it's one of those things where it's like nobody is expecting him to come in there and set the world on fire. Like it's more the fact that he's just there, you know, that it's, you know, that it's Chase Elliott and he's running the Chili Bowl, you know. So it's uh, the good, the about the only good thing about there being reduced fans is that there's not going to be a zoo of people around the Chase Briscoe pit that you're going to have to navigate through because everybody just wants to look at him. You know, normally, you know, on Saturday, there would be 19,000 people, you know, around that one pit area just trying to get a look at Chase Elliott. But this year, you know, there's going to, with limited capacity, we're not going to have to worry about that too much. Yeah, it's going to be his and Larson's pit for sure, uh, having a ton yeah. of people around. Um, I, I did like Chris Wilkie's tweet. This says, the only thing that I'm not going to miss this year is having to fi- find a place to take a dump in the Expo Center <laughs> because that is the worst place. And I have to be there for two weeks. I'm going to the Tulsa Shootout and the Chili Bowl and trying to find a place to go to the restroom with 100% capacity, it's probably going to be a lot worse than just 25% capacity. So that's good. Well, and I, you know, I was at the shootout a couple of years ago. And, you know, if anybody's ever been in the men's bathroom at that building, you know that it just smells awful. I mean, it's just like, I mean, literally, I think you, I think maybe you just go in that, that building anyways, you know, no matter the time of year in the bathroom smell bad, but chili bowl week, it's, you know, cause people are eating terrible and drinking terrible and just you know a bad combination but i thought it was just a chili bowl thing and i went in there for the shootout like the first day of the shootout and it it didn't it wasn't any different so i think it's just you know permanently you know rough place in there there's there's so many more micro dads in there though i mean it's that's true uh, big boys (laughs) some big boys uh heading heading into the uh, tulsa expo center for the shootout both the shootout and the chili bowl on flow racing. Uh, did you see the F one crash? What'd you, what'd you think of the, yeah. uh, the F one crash? That was uh, pretty nuts. It's crazy. I mean, it's uh, obviously, I mean, he's lucky to be alive, you know, to just, I mean, the images that have come out of the car, you know, what was left, what was left of the tub. And I mean, it's uh it's a miracle. It really is. I mean, it's uh it's unbelievable that the, that impact, that uh, anybody was even able to walk away from that. And then he, you know, sat there and basically burned for, you know, 30 seconds. It's, uh, it's remarkable. It's just incredible. Uh, the halo already in F1, uh, saving lives and, and IndyCar went to something similar, right? This past year. Yeah. They're the, the arrow screen. Yeah. Which is a little different. It's got an actual windshield on the front of it. Whereas the F1 halo is open, but similar concept. Mm. So, um, Big uh, motorsport news. We didn't lose one, and, and I'm surprised because that was a massive crash, and he comes out of a ball of flames uh, alive and only burns to his hands, and he's about to get out of the hospital this week. So we had some big scares this year. Uh, Ryan Newman in the Daytona 500 and you know on the, the world stage, Ryan Newman, and then, of course, um, this crash with the F1 car. We got lucky this year. I mean, for, all how, for how terrible 2020 was, those two crashes could have ended worse. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I mean, really, you know, to start the year that way and then in the year, uh, in the year with this one, it, uh, it is, you know, it's of all the bad things that have happened this year, those are two, uh, you know, two highlights for sure. Well, before we get to Chris Wyndham, uh, our hat shakes, um, of course, we don't have a sponsor on it yet. Uh, if you'd like to sponsor the hat shakes, you can get a hold of, uh, you know, the fine folks here at Flow Racing. Uh, our hat shake of the week. 
We have done this since the existence of Rip the Fart and the beginning of that. We did 102 episodes of that, and now we've done – this is our 13th episode on uh, Flow Racing with the Loud Pedal Podcast. Who is your hat shake for this week? Well, I wasn't able to give him one uh, on our last show because we had recorded it earlier, but uh, I'm going to give one to Doug Lockwood at Merced Speedway. Um for absolutely knocking it out of the park with the USAC midgets. Um, that was, uh, as about, a, about as fun of a dirt track as I've ever raced on. Um, you know, even though we didn't run very well, it was a blast, you know, to, to rip around there and, and, you know, drive that racetrack. And then, uh, the Saturday night feature was one of the best midget races I've ever seen, you know, in person. Um, just watching how hard those three guys were driving and, and, watching them carve through traffic and just make those split second decisions. And, you know, at a really, really high rate of speed, um, remarkable. I mean, fantastic show. Friday night was a great race too. Um, but Saturday was just out of this world. And, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully the midgets will, will be back there next year. Cause it was, uh, it was badass. I'm going to give mine to Paul Silva for a, an incredible year on the wrench. Probably the best year we have seen, since uh the uh, kinzer did it right i mean uh just winning well you start off winning the chili bowl right at the beginning of the year with kyle larson you give kyle larson the biggest win of his lifetime in a midget the first time you have a wrench on a midget and then you go out and you win uh let's just say a butt ton of sprint car races for paul silva and <laughs> some of the biggest of the year you won at knoxville you won everywhere on the planet Port Royal, I think he, I think he uh, won there weekly at Port Royal, it seemed like. Um, but just for the year that Paul Silva had, not taking away anything from Kyle Larson, because I've seen people tweet already, oh, you're going to predict Christopher Bell to win uh, you know, the Chili Bowl, <laughs> because I have gotten, I have gotten you know, shit in my lifetime for uh, being uh, a C. Bell homer. But here, you know what? C. Bell didn't win anything this year, so I couldn't talk to, you know, about winning. So I've been talking about Larson all year. So I feel like I've been just like this Larson homer, but I'm still being, you know, critiqued for being a C-Bell homer. Well, you know what? I'm being a C-Bell homer today because I'm giving no credit to Kyle Larson. Paul Silva is the reason why he won 45 races this year. Wow. That's my hat. Extending <laughs> no, your olive branch of forgiveness to young money. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, we already know Larson's the greatest race car driver ever. Uh, even C Bell will admit to that. Uh, those are our hat shakes. Congratulations to Paul Silva and to, please repeat, the Merced Doug, uh, owner. Doug Lockwood. Yeah, Doug Lockwood. Doug Lockwood. Thank you. I uh, didn't have the one written down. Uh, that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't my prediction for the hat shake this week. Uh, but uh, yes, a, a big time for Merced. All right. The Triple Crown winner, Chris Wyndham, is up next. This is episode 13 of the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing. Welcome back to episode 13 of the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing. Lucky 13. Uh, Chris Wyndham has joined us, the newest Triple Crown winner, joining the uh, illustrious club. I, I guess I picture it as like a, the Heisman Club or whatever. Is there like a house for the Triple Crown winners? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about that. I guess you could call it that. <laughs> I know that we did a uh, Chili Bowl deal with Tracy Hines. Uh, were you watching the 2005 Chili Bowl where he just uh, beat up on him pretty bad? But he, he wished you a congratulations. That's got to be cool. Did any of them reach out to you? Yeah, he did. Uh, I think JJ did. Darlin did. So definitely a few guys have reached out. It's, uh, it's pretty special to be able to be in the same classes. Some of those guys who have accomplished as much as they did over the course of their careers. Chris, we obviously talked at Bakersfield, but, uh, you know, for a long time, I mean, you didn't even have your last your your first national midget win until last year. So for a long time, I mean, you were just kind of, you were labeled right or wrong as like, you know, a sprint car guy or just a silver crown guy or whatever. So to get the midget championship as quickly as you did and your, you know, your second full year racing for the, the midget title, um, 
was that, did it happen quicker than you expected it to just as tough as the midget deal is right now? I mean, that was obviously my goal. I felt like we could be successful at it, especially with the teams I've been with over the last two years. So, you know, like you said, it kind of, I've kind of been labeled as a sprint car guy, whatever you want to say the last few years. And um, after I was able to get the silver crown and sprint car championship, the midget championship was something that I really, you know, set high to, uh, to accomplish. And, you know, luckily enough to have a NOS energy drink, being able to come on board and sponsor that campaign to, uh, to do it. But, you know, to answer your question, I don't know. Yes and no. I felt like we definitely could do it being on, you know, especially this year being with Tucker boat, um, knowing how fast their cars are just as well as you know. So, you know, I felt like after the start of the season this year, the, the speed we had in Florida, um, going out and finishing first and second, I, I definitely thought it was a realistic goal to, uh, to be here at the end of the season. Yeah, the speed really showed up in Tulsa too, uh, where you know C Bell had a good run, and you you guys made the feature. Dylan was one spot away. I mean, you guys won some prelim nights with Boat at uh, Tulsa. It really seemed like, you know, once Chad kind of made the decision to stop racing and go towards the ownership route, he kind of put all of his competitiveness into trying to get you guys to win races. He did. Um, you know, he was obviously a really good race car driver himself, but, you know, he's, he's so good on the wrenches as well. And, you know, not even just on the wrenches, but operating, uh, functioning, winning championship caliber team. It's, uh, it's obviously shown this year. And even last year was when I started noticing how well he runs his operation and, uh, you know, the people he brings along the equipment he has, it's just, uh, He's definitely developed to be one of the top guys, you know, before I think you would call KKM and, you know, CMR, probably the powerhouse teams. But I think he's uh, he's definitely needed to be considered right there with those two guys now. You've worked with a lot of obviously, you know, really qualified and and good crew chiefs and mechanics and and people like that through your career. Um, But working with a guy, you know, directly that, drove the cars he's working on last year what was that like for you to have have somebody like that kind of in your corner that knows really exactly kind of what you're going through out there i think it definitely helps um you know it's kind of a different dynamic having a crew chief that is just a driver and just a very recent driver at that so to me you know it made it easier we don't we don't talk a lot really at the racetrack we come in he asks what i had and i tell him and we go that's we go on go about it until we're back on track again and you know i think it just makes it easier for both of us he knows what i'm saying pretty much exactly when i tell him and i know he understands it without me having to really go into depth of what i'm feeling just because he knows the feeling of what i'm saying so it made it easier to me i think and it it uh it made us be able to be more successful quicker you know right off the gate from when we started together this thing really came down to the wire. Uh, we talked at the double-double, and you had a little bit of a lead. Um, and then Tyler Courtney just kept coming back coming back after you and coming back after you, and it just came down to the last race. It was an intense championship, and Courtney's actually been in a couple intense championships, one with the sprint car side and then now with the midgets. Um, what's it like, you know, you you Nas brothers chasing a championship, and, and how intense was the end of the year? Uh, at least from our perception, it was a pretty intense it was uh you know it's fun and then it gets to a point where it almost kind of sucks where you're just you're <laughs> so much points racing there at the end of the season and you know every time you go on track you're on edge and nervous you know mad so when it goes right you're happy um you know at least for me knowing what was at stake with the triple crown this season uh it was fun all season and we had it we had a pretty big lead most of the year and then that that kind of got diminished when we ran us some bad luck the you know the second half of the year so it's definitely uh, intense, is, I guess is the best way to describe it, like you said. And, um, you know, it's it's not always the most fun, honestly, points racing at the end of the year like that. But it all worked out to be to be fun in the end. You and Tyler, I mean, I don't know if things have changed since Bakersfield, but I mean, you and Tyler are good buddies off the track. Uh, what Was there a conversation or what was the conversation between you and him after Bakersfield with, with everything that went down there with you and Ricky and, and how just everything played out? 
I mean, he obviously he was upset. I actually I reached out to him first. I I just told him, you know, I I understand he's probably upset with me and just upset at the situation. And I told him I probably would have the same feelings if it was reversed. So I understood. But he, uh, you know, we've talked plenty of times since then, and I'm sh- I'm sure he's still trying to get over it some. But uh, you know, I think everything will everything will be all right. I I mean. I feel like you got ahead of it when, when you came out and said after that, look, I mean, this is the position that I needed and I, you know, I, I knew it was there and I had to go get it. I mean, yeah, we could probably devote a whole podcast to this subject, but uh, <laughs> I, you know, like, like I've said multiple times, you know, I, it wasn't, you know, everyone's kind of going back to just the last lap, last corner, what, what happened and, you know, everything it built for me, it built up you know, to that point, not, not only the entire season of having a big lead and, you know, getting back to a tight points race, but then that, that race, you know, coming from 20th to seventh and knowing that all I needed was one more spot after we just had passed 13 cars and, uh, needed that one extra spot. You know, I've said that it was honestly probably the biggest adrenaline rush I've ever had in a race car, knowing that was, everything was right there. And, you know, I'd passed Ricky twice and he had crossed me back over and, uh, you know, I made the decision to go in as hard as I could on the, in the turn three on the bottom. And he went to the bottom to, to protect and I got into him and, you know, I won us the triple crown. So obviously people have their opinions on it and that's how it's going to be. Some people are going to agree. Some people aren't, but I think, uh, it's kind of a tough, tough thing to debate unless you know you're put in that exact position to see how you would react to it and that's kind of my where my feelings are on it you know I think if uh, I went back and say I would do it any different I probably wouldn't you know that's just that's how competitive I am that's how that's how much it meant to me how much you know like I said it's been years and years of racing built up and then that race how hard I had to run that entire race to get there it was just uh it was a big, big time for me at that moment. How do you deal with the keyboard Cowboys? I mean, like I'm thinking back to like a couple of years ago, the silver crown deal at Williams Grove with Buck Walter and like, you know, this deal, like where it's so polarizing one way or the other. And I know that the, the deal with Steve was, was completely different, but you get what I'm saying. Like people think right. no matter what, that it's intentional. So how do you how do you deal with that? I mean, is that difficult to deal with, or is that something where you're just like, you know what, I know what I did, I know what I didn't do, I can make my peace with right. it. It is difficult to deal with at times, you know, when you everyone's on their phones all the time. So when you open up Twitter or whatever social media, and you've got people bashing you and you're reading your name on there, you know, no one wants to look at that constantly. But you know, I told like I said before, the Buck Walter deal was not intentional at all. I'll tell everybody that till the end of time, whether they want to believe it or not, that's their own issue. But, um, you know, the deal with, with Ricky, that's just, uh, like I said, it's tough at first that, you know, it, it kind of irritated me a little bit, made me, you know, not that I, not that it was a position I wanted to be in. It's not obviously wasn't ideal. It wasn't how I wanted to win the the championship, but that's, that's what the outcome was. And, you know, I raced as hard as I possibly could the entire year to get there. And, you know, it, it does bother you some when you sit there and have to read that, but, you know, after a few days and getting, you know, a lot of positive messages and texts and people, it makes you feel better to know, you know, there are people who understand and, you know, agree with, with how everything went. I think it's interesting too because you used to drive for those guys, um, and you know Stenhouse was driving for Clawson, and you were battling against Clawson Marshall Racing in the championship. I, I think so. Going into that race, you obviously felt like from where you were starting that it was going to be an uphill climb to even win the championship, right? You thought you were at a massive points deficit going into that main starting so far back. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I really thought we were we were done at that point. I didn't think there was any chance, especially with Tyler. And, and if something, even if something happened to Tyler, you had Tanner who was close too, and he was up front as well. So the chances of both of them backing up far enough and me going far enough forward to, uh, to clinch it for us was pretty slim going into the race. But like I said, that's everything that kind of built up 
you know, towards the end, knowing that I, you know, I was there finally for the last five or six laps and knowing I just needed a couple more spots to get there. That's that, that really upped the tempo for me. So now, now what you've, you've got all three, what's, what's left to accomplish in USAC? What more, you know, what do you want to do? What's next year look like? Well, I think we're uh, we're going to go after the midget championship again. Back with uh, with uh, you know Chad Boat and everybody there with Nas Energy Drink, and uh, going to run the sprint car, most likely full time in the USAC deal. We we haven't completely come out with our schedule yet, but we uh, we recently built a wing car, and that's something I you know I kind of want to venture into and you know try that out because uh, I like new challenges. Um, you know, we built a really nice wing car. I think with some practice, we could be really competitive there. So that's something I'm I'm looking forward to doing this coming year. We have, like I said, we haven't really made up a schedule of how many races, how many wing races and non-wing races we're going to do, but we're definitely going to be running the non-wing and wing car with Hayward Motorsports. I'll be back in the midget with Chad and still working on the silver crown deal and a few other deals, uh, nothing set in stone there, but uh, you know, those, those two for sure. We need to get you back in a truck for Knoxville. I know. I saw that. We're, uh, you know, we might, we might have a few surprises about some some dirt <laughs> races coming up next year. We might run. All right. Well, you got to break it on here then. Um, so, I was going to say, what, so what are some of the wing races you want to chase? I mean, obviously the Kings Royal is going to double up. So it just seems like the wing sprint car route right now. We saw Courtney do it this year, and he was actually pretty impressive. Um, I know that Bernie and those guys helped Colossal Marshall Racing get their stuff going quickly with the wing car. Um, so right. it seemed like, you know, it seemed like a year where Courtney could kind of go chase some of the big money races, you know, the the 50K to win Tuscarora 50 he was very good at. He went to the governor's reign. Like, are you thinking just hit, kind of hitting some of the big money races and still running the non-wing car too? I think we got to kind of build up to that. You know, we've got to run, you know, some up probably a few less competitive shows to start off the season to, uh, you know, not only do we need to work on setting the wing car up and, you know, getting what we need there, but I have to work on driving. Um, it's a lot different, you know, especially for guys like me or Tyler or any of the full-time non-wing guys that have really ran non-wing cars for the past however many years and with not minimal wing experience, it's definitely a big transition to a wing car just with all the non-wing habits that you have. So, I definitely need a lot of laps to get get up to caliber to be going and running Kings Royal and the Nationals and stuff. Because once when I do it, I want to be competitive. You know, I don't want to I don't want to just go run it to say I ran it. I want to be there and be able to you know compete. So hopefully by that time we're we're at that point. But uh, we're just kind of taking it one step at a time and seeing seeing where you know where it progresses to throughout the season. Is that a challenge that is like? I mean, on paper, is it like pretty daunting? I mean, obviously, you know, you've had a lot of success with the non-wing deal, but it seems like more and more guys are kind of transitioning to the full-time wing deal. So in theory, it seems like that's where you've ultimately got to go and you've ultimately got to be good at. So is it kind of scary in a way to think that, you know, everything that you've done for the past, you know, 15 years or whatever is is not going away, but, you know, may become less important in the you know next five years or so? Yeah, definitely. You know, when we, went, when we went and ran the outlaw show at Kokomo, that was our first wing race. And unfortunately, it was the last wing race of the year that we could run. But definitely as an eye opener of how competitive it was, even though I felt comfortable by the end of the end of the night, I know there's still a lot more to learn with everything. So like you said, yeah, it, it is a little daunting. Um, you know, I think you almost have to kind of it seems like you got to you have to give up a season of a lot of success to really learn. I think you kind of saw that with Tyler this year, not that he wasn't successful in the wing, but you know, he's used to winning 12, 13, 14 races a year and going to that, you almost have to give up a year of that at least to get down the learning process of everything to, uh, to get to the competitive level, because just as much, as long as we've been running USAC full time, those, the world of outlaw guys, and even a lot of all-star guys have been, they've been doing it just as long, if not longer than we have on their side of it. So you're not going to, you're not going to show up in one year season and go, you know, compete for a world, world of outlaw title. You might compete for some wins, but it's definitely a tough hill to climb. 
No doubt, and we and we saw uh, you know big years on the wing side with with Tyler Courtney, you know, getting some starts, and and of course um, heading to the Chili Bowl this year. Uh, some wing drivers coming into that building that are going to be fantastic. You know, of course Kyle Larson, who won forty five races um, this season, and and he comes into this thing. I, I was I listened to this, Dylan, and I'll ask you guys both this. Um, he gave a soundbite to Christner from uh, Arizona, and said that he feels like he. Uh, you know, has less pressure going into the building this year because he has raced a lot more races. Do you feel like that's accurate? Do you feel like if you race a bunch of dirt races during the year that you go into the Chili Bowl as fresh as possible? I think he's as sharp as he's ever been. So, I mean, probably as sharp as he's ever been going to the Chili Bowl just because he's raced so much this year. So, I mean, I think the pressure is probably still there, but he may feel more prepared than he ever has. Yeah. Yeah, do you feel I like agree. when you raced I, a lot? I I don't know. I can't really answer that for him just because I've raced a lot of dirt races every year going into the Chili Bowl. But I'm sure, you know, when you get out of it for a season and, you know, obviously he's one of the greatest ever. So it's a little different for him than us. But, um, <laughs> you know, he, he uh, I'm sure running running a full-time stock car schedule and jumping in after just a few dirt races is definitely tougher than – how he's going to do it this year, you know, running, I don't know, however many races he ran on dirt, it was a lot. Um, and then going to Chili Bowl would definitely make it easier for him. I feel like him saying that was a uh, warning for Bell, who has raced very minimal <laughs> races going into Tulsa this year. But you guys are both teammates with Bell. And I wanted to ask you, Wyndham, uh, getting you on here. Um, so how, what was it like to work with C. Bell last year? Because it just seems like from the moment he gets into that building, he's always trying to get his car faster. And I think that kind of permeates throughout all of your guys' cars because then you start making adjustments to your guys' cars along with Dylan's. And and it seems like you just get faster as soon as Bell gets on the track. Yeah, I mean, it's – you know that the cars are pretty similar. You know, somebody might have something a little different than the next guy, but it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with him and Kyle. You know, when, when you've got them on your team – and even if they're not on your team, but if they're, if you're racing against them, it makes you better. I mean, it make, you know, you have to get maximum speed out of the car every point of the track. Cause that's what they're so good at doing. And especially when, when they're your teammates, you know, they have basically the same equipment that you do. And so you need to go just as fast or try to be almost as fast as them to, uh, to compete. Cause you know, it's possible cause they're doing it with the same exact car you're in. So it definitely, it, ups you know it ups the intensity as a driver for myself at least knowing that i can be a little better because if i'm not going as fast as them i know i you know the car is there to do it all the cars are pretty much the same right i mean i'm, I'm thinking even back to last year like you ran a full year with claus and marshall and then jumped in to chad's car at chili bowl but is having a full year of of running for chad and then going back to Tulsa in that car, does that make you even more confident than, than you probably were last year coming into the expo? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Chad's cars are a little different, you know, not only the car, but, you know, Toyota versus an SR11, they react quite a bit different, especially the down there. Um, that's why I noticed that more than anything, just how much different a Toyota reacts in an SR11 um, on the, on the real small track. So, I'm definitely more confident going into there with how well we've how well we've ran this season, and you know, you got to run some races at the end of the year. So I think we're gonna we're gonna have a pretty good team going into Chili Bowl. So we don't need to have like a big breaking news. Uh, who's running for uh, Chad? We know you're running for Chad. We know Dylan's running for Chad, even though he broke the news to Walkopedia instead of on our uh, own show. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for that, Dylan. <laughs> Uh, but who, so do we know who else is running for Chad or we can, we know bell, um, are, are Gio and Aaron Reitzel, uh, running for Chad? Do we know? I think we know. I don't know if we're supposed to say though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure. I think I know too, but <laughs> we'll let, we'll let the boss handle that. You yeah. guys are no help. I agree. <laughs> You guys are no help. All right, so do you you don't get into a race car at all until Chili Bowl? You're done now, right? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I was gonna run Millbridge with Chad, but we're going on a we're going to Florida for my birthday to hang out in the Keys. So that was a 
actually didn't know about that. I text Georgia and told her I'm going to Charlotte to run Millbridge December 12th. And she said, Oh, you can't go there. I was like, what do you mean? I can't go. She's like, Oh, we, I planned a birthday surprise. So I guess it's not a surprise anymore. So, uh, I, uh, I, I'm going on vacation that weekend. (laughs) What does that midget race pay? I think it's 5,000 the second night. Yeah. Ah, It's not terrible. They got, they've announced the big names, so uh, you can count uh, Wyndham off of the list. He will be uh, yeah. in the ocean uh, and drinking some cold ones. Thanks for coming on the show. Sure. Congratulations on winning uh, the Triple Crown. Um, I know it was a big year for you, and it's going to be even bigger next year going wing racing and such. For sure. Thank you guys for having me. Chrissy Bear, Chris Wyndham, everyone, the newest of the Triple Crown winners. What is it? Uh, seven now is he? He makes seven, Dylan. What do you say? Yep, he's the he's the seventh. Yep, that's big. Uh, congratulations to Chrissy Bear. He has now won the USAC National Midget Series Championship along with the Silver Crown Championship and of course the Sprint Car Championship. Interesting to note that he uh, most likely will not be racing with the Sprint Car Championship next year, Dylan. That's uh, that's a little bit of breaking news, ain't it? Yeah, I mean, it's I'm going to be interested to see. Um, I mean, see what's left of the USAC guys, you know, I mean, because all the rumors and and speculation and things have have Courtney, you know, Tyler going and running full time wing cars, uh, you know, with, you know, intermittent non wing starts, both on the sprint car and midget side. And, uh, you know, if Chris isn't full time, you know, that's obviously another big loss. I think Brady Bacon will be back, I think, full time. But, uh, you know, a lot of the familiar faces are, um are leaving to go pursue other avenues. So um, kind of an interesting time right now on the, on the USAC and the, and the non-wing landscape. Is it too early to start looking at how many championships can Brady Bacon win at this point? Um, he's won what three or t- two now? Has it been three? Uh, that was a, this one. What this year was his third one. So, That's I mean, right. I, th- I think, you know, I think it's like anything, right? I mean, you, you know, <clears throat> there's always at some point in every series, there's always the changing of the guard. So you're going to have, you know, you're going to have guys that step up that, you know, have been running, you know, I don't know, fifth on back that are going to, you know, suddenly become guys that challenge for podiums every year. And, you know, there's always guys that are going to show up and and be competitive. So, um, and you've still got guys, you know, that are loyal, like, you know, Chase Stockin and and CJ Leary. And, you know, although although I'm sure he's going to start running some wing stuff here eventually, but, you know, you've got guys that, you know, it's still going to make it exciting and still going to make it competitive. So, um, you know, fear not, but it is, uh, it is weird. You know, it's going to be weird to, you know, to not have guys like that, you know, full time every single race. You know, I think Chris will probably be there at the majority, but, um, you know, the ones he's not at, it's going to, going to be weird. No doubt. Well, we've been releasing a ton of content on flow racing that you need to check out on the app. Uh, Blake Anderson and I, we did a, uh, you know, a, a deal with Tracy Hines. We watched the 2005 uh, Chili Bowl Championship race for Hines, who won it, of course, with the Wilkies. So I'm sure Chris Wilkie would be excited to see that. Um, but you can watch that. We went through the entire race with John Gibson and Pat Sullivan on the call. Uh, also, uh, Tim Truex, of course, of Loud Pedal, the reason why we named this podcast, who uh, works at Flow Racing, has been releasing a lot of his Loud Pedal content, Dylan, uh, that you used to love you know, during Indiana Sprint Week and also during the Chili Bowl when you would go there and, and kind of cover the entire event and then release it all in about a two-and-a-half-minute span. I know. I told, I told Truex, um, I think the last year he was there, which was 16, I told him, you know, because I'd worked with him at USAC races and stuff by then. So I told him, I was like, you know, I always have, I've always had this goal. I just want to be, I want to make it in a loud pedal video, you know, not crashing, you know, just doing something cool on the racetrack or, you know, doing something cool to make one of these videos. So he was like, okay, so I'll figure out a way to put you in one. So the 2016 uh, video, I'm the very first shot in the video. I was like, well, it can't, can't get much better than that. So, you know, dragging my, dragging my bag behind me into the expo. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's my claim to fame as a, uh, a loud pedal video participant. I've, I've been in a few as, uh, with my, you know, calls over the top of, you know, some racing action, but it was, it's cool to actually be in one and, 
um, all this stuff that, you know, he's been uploading, you know, has been a great trip down memory lane, all the old flow, uh, or, you know, all the old chili bowl broadcasts that are now on flow has been, uh, very entertaining as well. Yep. All, uh, from the first chili bowl on to, uh, you know, however long we had, I think, um, we're up to like 2008 or 2010 maybe is the last one we have right now. We're still trying to acquire more. So uh, go out, go check the Chili Bowl past broadcast. We have them all right now on the Flow Racing app. Um, also, D. Welch, you, so you're not racing back until uh, the Chili Bowl. So that's when you're coming back. You're not racing the Carolina Showdown, right? Correct. All right. So no, no Carolina Showdown for you, but whatever that race is called at Millbridge. But you will be in Tulsa. You're not taking the micro out though that you finished uh, top ten with uh, with Briscoe. You're not you're not taking the micro out to uh, Tulsa. No, no, we're not. We're um, we I, we were gonna run the micro at Millbridge uh, next week, but we, they sent the motor off to kind of get it freshened up and everything. I think I think we're gonna go uh, maybe run for Millbridge points. You know, week like the weekday Wednesday night deal next year. Um, so oh. we're trying to, trying to get everything kind of buttoned up for that. So no shootout, um, which honestly is just as well being out there for two weeks is a lot. Um, I did it a couple of years ago and I don't know, like, I don't know if I'm tough enough to go out there and do it again. That's just a lot, a lot of time in that building. Um, but, uh, excited about chili bowl, obviously, you know, going to be back with Chad and, um, you know, it'll be 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 fun have just as good of a shot to to make the a main again this year as we did last year so hopefully we can just be one spot better so you're not retiring you're going full-time uh micro racing next year uh i don't know i mean i don't know if that's considered full-time or not but um i'll <laughs> I'll, I'll hopefully i'll at least be racing something i think which it'll be close to home which will be nice so that's about all i can ask for yeah micro championship all right um Thanks so much for Chris Wyndham coming on the show. It was good to talk to uh, Royalty, one of the newest Triple Crown winners for the United States Auto Club. Um, good to see he's going to go back with the midget champion, you know, go for the midget championship, and he will be your teammate at Tulsa. So it's fun to talk to him. D. Welch, this was our uh, first uh, streamed version, I guess, of uh, the Loud Pedal Podcast. Did it go all right? I think it went well. I think it went well. I've got a lot more room here than I do crammed behind that desk with you. So that's, uh, you can, that's yeah, a you positive. Can under, you can, you know, just go underwear too. You don't have to. I, I might be. You, you'll never know. You'll never know. I could be right now. You, don't have, you know, you just have I to may slide not even out have of pants bed. On. Just roll out of bed and, and climb right over there into the old uh, computer top and uh, do the show. All right. Uh, episode 14, we'll see who we can get. Um, I've been in chats with Flea Ruzik talking about his lineup. Uh, with the midgets, maybe we get him on. He can break his news or something. We need to try to break some more midget news, you know, because, you know, Walkopedia is kind of taking over the landscape here, and uh, I'm not really all that happy about it. I agree. We got to uh, – I don't know. It, it'd be a tough – it'd be tough to dethrone, uh, dethrone B-Walk, but if we can uh, – if we could get some news of our own, that'd be a good place to start. He's dro dropping Walk-A-Bombs every single day on Twitter and uh, we've been retweeting them because you know what? It does help support flow racing and getting some of this, you know, chili bowl news out there because we are having the broadcast on flow racing and on flowracing.com. So uh, make sure to, ch you know, tune in. If you're listening to this again, why do you not have a subscription? Something's wrong with you. Um, but you know, you're going to get your value this year with the Tulsa shootout and the chili bowl catch Dylan at the chili bowl until then episode 14. We'll uh, catch you here next time on the loud pedal podcast.